0: G'day everyone, welcome to footyology final siren post the big Richmond-Brisbane game. And I said Richmond first because they were the nominal home team playing unexpectedly or perhaps expectedly given the way uh, this pandemic is going at Metricon Stadium against Brisbane. And a great win to the Tigers. Are they back in the hunt have Brisbane got the staggers? I guess they are the big questions out of this game. But we want your questions, and we are here to answer them, discuss this game, discuss everything going on in footy, which is a heap at the moment. Of course, a lot of fixturing, um, what should I say, uh, logistical issues that have to be dealt with. But a big weekend of footy ahead as the race for the final eight particularly, really heats up Richmond throwing a spanner in several teams' works tonight, I think, and uh, perhaps just make a few other contenders a little bit anxious, of course. More injury worries for the Tigers. Dusty Martin uh, with a what appears to be a rib injury. Don't know how serious that is yet. And Camden McIntosh with a hamstring. So they have had some year for injuries. Of course, Brisbane tonight. I think perhaps struggling under the weight of a few injuries they had too, with uh, Eric Hipwood, of course, done for the season now. Marcus Adams in defence, Gardner, a few other players that they missed as well. So what impact that going to have on them? Are Richmond back in the ball game as far as, uh, well, possible premiership goes? I've got a few thoughts on that. I'm sure my co-host has too, as I say. Very good evening to Mark Fine. What would you make of the Tigers, Finey? Oh, look, it was a win full of character,
1: no question about it. Brisbane seemed spent of ideas and really ability to move the ball for much of that second half. They had a glimmer of hope late in the game after Zach Bailey gold. That was two goals in a row following the cluggages. But really, Richmond had all the answers. They were the thrust and parry. Brisbane were the answers to the questions and... For the most part, after half-time, the answers were incorrect. i tell you what, we're running out of teams. Fremantle last night, they're out. They're gone through form and injury. So they're not going to make the eight. Brisbane I tonight... I, I didn't think they ever were, to be honest, but go No, on. but they were in the eight at the start of the round. True. Brisbane tonight, they can't win the flag. I mean, Hipwood is a huge loss. So is Marcus Adams... They're out, obviously, for a year. Marcus Adams is out till the finals at best. And they just don't cover their injuries, do they? The players that they've brought in are stopgap, honestly. So it falls to that hardworking midfield. What a difference Toby Nankervis made. Well, look, we'll talk all about that, but I'll say this much. You've got a lot of character in the Richmond Football Club. They pay a price tonight. and We'll find out probably in the next 48 hours how expensive that win was re-Dusty Martin. But Camden McIndosh is a heck of
0: a cost as well, Rowan. Yeah, true. Uh, what they really got tonight was uh, some big performances from guys who they really needed them from. Uh, Mabby Orchal, fantastic game from him. You'd have to say his best game of league footy. Of course, Jack Rewalt, got to talk about him. Six goals in his 300th game. Absolutely superb performance I thought Martin was pretty pivotal until he got injured he started to make a difference and as far as the team dynamic went they really turned around the problems they had out of those centre square clearances which uh, Brisbane were pretty dominant in at one stage but I think they might have ended up uh, yeah well Richmond ended up winning the centre bounce clearances 19-12 so uh, just a, a real tide And and you're right the Arm wrestle analogy is right, I think, because it sort of went back and forth and back and forth, and I thought Richmond started really ominously, but Brisbane resisted them, and you thought, "Geez, are they going to? Someone's going to buckle here." And in the end, it was the Lions. So, uh, look, I'm sure a lot of Richmond supporters are going to be jumping on, wanting to celebrate, and uh, uh, I can say Trap from Wood End is already joining us. So. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll take plenty from him, but uh, Brisbane fans too, uh, are you staying to worry about what your side can do this September? Is it going to be three final series in a row with no cigar. Get your questions in now, whether you are watching on Twitter or Facebook, and uh, we'll do our best to go through them all. Whilst you're doing that, we're going to run through the details, starting with the quarter-by-quarter quarter scores. And... Uh, a really good opening term, this. It was sort of punch and counterpunch, really. The Tigers ending up with 4-2-26 at the first break. And Brisbane, only seven points behind, 3-1. Brisbane dominated the second quarter. Probably could have led by a little bit more than a goal that they did lead by at halftime. Five goals to the Tigers, three in the second term. So the Lions, six points up at the major break. But then Richmond... Great third quarter. They really dominated possession, took over in the middle. As you said, finally, Toby Nancurvis pivotal for them. Five goals in that third term to the Tigers, 2-2 two, two for Brisbane. That gave them an 11-point lead. And then the first two goals of that last quarter, absolutely critical. Uh, Tom Lynch with a free kick and then a fantastic goal from chole on the run from 50, if you don't mind. That was his fourth of the game, gave him a four-goal lead. And then goal for goal from that moment on. Brisbane, as you say, did threaten briefly. Zach Bailey got them back within 13 points. There was still just under six minutes to play at that stage. But Richmond closed it out really well. Another good goal from Jack Graham to steady the momentum. And uh, then capped off uh, symbolically and suitably by Jack Rewalt, who got, uh, was it a free kick? I think I've written free kick there. And... Kicked his sixth of the game. Richmond, in the end, victors by 20 points. 16-10, 106, defeating Brisbane, 13-8. 86, let's look at the goal kickers and your best Four For the Tigers, six to Rewalt, four to Chal, two to Lynch, two to Graham, singles to Martin and Bolton. For Brisbane, three to Danaher, two to McCarthy, two to McStay, two to Cameron, two to Bailey. Singles to Robertson and McLuggage. Your best, you've gone with Jack in the milestone game as BOG, followed by Chole. Jaden Short, very prolific off halfback. Nan Kurvis, terrific in the ruck for his first game back. Shea Bolton, um, back to some of his best form. Asbury as well in defence. I thought Grimes was pretty handy too, uh, particularly in that first half. And for Brisbane. Mitch Robinson, that warrior for the Lions. Zorko, McLuggage, so plenty of midfield presence there. And Neil. Um, And you've also gone with Payne and Lions. So most of the Brisbane midfielders having pretty decent games, but still they have, uh, in fact, they won a lot of the um, categories tonight and uh, yet still lost the game. So there's something interesting to consider there. Let's rip into some questions, starting with Trav Ducker, who says, Tigers can't win the flag, but neither can Brizzy. Not in Melbourne and without a top four finish. And got to say, Fonny, I agree with that entirely. In fact, I I thought that even before this game was moved, I I tipped Richmond to win this game. I don't know if I would have been quite that bold if I didn't think it was at the MCG. But Brisbane definitely has an MCG problem. They've lost 17 of their last 19 games there and their last nine straight. And um, the personnel, though, particularly, that's really going to hurt them, isn't it? Yeah. They can't afford many injuries. When you think how many Richmond have
1: had and other teams, Brisbane have been fairly well served, certainly in recent years. Cam Rayner, the standout this year. But that uh, double whammy, don't underplay the loss and importance of Marcus Adams. His recent form as an intercept. Big man Mark in the back line was sorely missed and was an entree to Jack Rewald's dominant game, Mabiochol. And uh, Lynch chimed in as well. I don't think they would have had quite the easy run that they had with Adams there. That being said, you've got to be able to replace these players. And I find that the replacements for... uh, The Lions, Tom Fullerton, did we see much of him tonight? Not really. So, uh, for mine, they just can't cover the losses. And the big concern, above anything else, is in these last two games, what a lame finish by Brisbane in the last quarter, really. A couple of goals, when Richmond looked like they were really tiring, didn't they? With six or seven minutes to go, game on. And Richmond were just able to reassert themselves quite comfortably. They did. I find in both games, the St Kilda and Richmond game, Brisbane lacked that dynamism that has made them irresistible for two and a half seasons. And I tell you, with six weeks to go before the finals, it's the wrong time to lose your mojo. Well, I think
0: I've talked about them being a bit more resilient this year, and it's almost like they've sacrificed a bit of that zip and flair for a bit more, you know, sort of hardcore blue-collar stuff, but you've got to strike the balance and and you'd have to say the way they finished tonight and last week, even the resilience has been down a bit. I just wonder how much those injuries, particularly that of Hipwood have just sapped morale a little bit. Um, It certainly raised some issues about their depth, but we'll talk about that in various stages throughout the show. uh, Grant King says the new rules, lazy intercept defenders, the Ruckman, the opposite, so influential. Well, now, Kervis clearly is a huge barometer for Richmond. In fact, in terms of structural importance, it's been really underlined in his absence. He is just crucial. It's not even really about the hit-outs. It's about his presence around the ground. Gee, you know, for a guy that looks big and slow, he covers a fair bit of territory and he wins clearances and he just throws his body around and, He's a massive asset for them, and you could really see the difference he made, couldn't you? A huge difference, Rowan. Why is there a line
1: across the centre circle of the of the ground?
0: Is that a serious question? Or yeah, well, they're not allowed to. The ruckmen have to stay on their side of the line. Yeah. So when the ball is
1: bounced, Dan Curvis races to the other side really circumventing that law. By the time they square off for the hit-out, they are wrestling on McInerney's side every time. Brilliant by Dan Curvis Because he's not tall enough just to jump, he, gets, he would get soundly beaten in a, in a tip-off, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure that that's what the AFL intended. And every time the ball, even when it's thrown up, as soon as it leaves the umpire's hand, he races across the other side of the line.
0: I just say, yeah, no, it's a good point. I'd love to know what the Tigers did. I I would have loved to have been in that midfield group meeting at halftime because the way the centre bounce stuff turned around, it was something to do with positioning. And you're not privy to it on the TV. The commentators aren't even privy to it because we don't know exactly what they've done. But here's the extent of the turnaround. At halftime, the centre bounce clearances were six Richmond, 11 Brisbane... They've finished up tonight, 19 to the Tigers and 12 to Brisbane. So in the second half, 13 13-1. to one, the yeah. centre bounds clearances, Richmond's way. That has to be about positioning because I didn't actually. Just give me a 2nd I'm going to go white here, but I just want to check the hitouts and they were 37 each. So it's not like Richmond ended up being supreme in the in the hitouts, but they certainly were in terms of the clearances. So. That is as profound a turnaround in that area of the game as I've seen for a long time. All right, well, let's keep going. Uh, we want to be try to be zippier and get through more of those questions. Trout from Woodend, uh, very happy, no doubt. It says 12 of our best 22 injured and we got over the line. Very happy tonight. He goes on to say, every bloody week the AFL tell the umpires to over-umpire one rule and this week it's the dangerous tackle. It's so frustrating as a footy lover. We should talk about this finding. Five of them paid tonight. I thought the last one, which was paid to McLuggage, was just a simple in the back. In the back. What's wrong with in the back? And yep. there was an earlier one, I think the third one paid, where holding the ball was paid against the yep. Brisbane player. And then the non-controlling umpire paid the dangerous tackle. Now
1: To Castagna. Yep.
0: I, I, uh, no, the free kick went to Brisbane. In the end, the holding the ball was paid two, Or maybe I did get it the wrong way around. Sorry. Holding the ball was Brisbane, and then they gave it to Richmond for yeah, a dangerous right. tackle. I think you're right. Uh, you're right. It was Castagna. Um, but the whole thing about the non-controlling umpire paying that dangerous tackle... I don't know. I reckon if you're going to pay something like that that isn't one of the more obvious free kicks, you shouldn't be able to pay that as a non-controlling umpire. I reckon... The officiating umpire closer to it has seen the action a lot closer than the non-controlling umpire. The non-controlling umpire chips in if the controlling umpire is unsighted in that particular example. That could not have been the case with the guy ruling that it was holding the ball and it wasn't a dangerous tackle. How presumptuous of the non-controlling
1: umpire to overrule a decision not based on vantage point as you said but based on opinion I'd be having having stern words in the umpire's room to the uh, upstart that overruled me other than if I was unsighted I just want to correct Trout it's not an AFL driven dynamic this, this was an absolute case in point of umpires hands being forced by a single decision and that's setting the bar for the rest of the night And the first decision was this one that nobody really saw was a dangerous tackle free kick to Danaher against Toby Nankurvis in the second quarter. And then they ran like tap water because the umpires then feel that a sort of a a, um, bar has been set or or we have basically our parameters for dangerous tackles. And virtually every time a player was brought to the ground, it was deemed a dangerous tackle. I thought maybe the fourth one that uh, was out near the boundary could have been
0: a dangerous tackle. The first three were laughable. Well, I, I thought, uh, okay, the, we, we talked about the third one, I think. Yeah, yes. I thought the one that was paid quite close to goal, Richmond attacking, again. I'm pretty sure it was against Shay Bolton for a danger. He was, the free kick was against him. I thought that was appalling because he didn't, you know, look, a dangerous tackle should be a sling. Um, He took the guy to ground. He didn't, there wasn't an extra sort of, um, you know, bit of momentum which drove the player physically into the ground. He just tackled him hard. It was all in the one continuous movement. And because the guy ends up hitting, I think he did end up hitting his head at the same time as his chest. He gets pinged for it. Now, if you're going to pay those, I understand that we've got to take care, protect our players. I'm not trying to be overly macho about it, but if you cannot apply a heavy tackle because you're worried about the velocity at which the guy's body is going to hit the ground, that means that you've basically got to sort of put him down on the ground. And we can't let it get to that side. Awesome.
1: Brian Taylor got it right tonight. I know you're not going to like that, Rowan, but BT got it spot on. He said, by definition, (laughs) a tackle is dangerous. I mean, man, the word tackle, somebody tackling somebody, there has to be some element of of, um, force and of impact to the player. It's whether or not we've deemed it dangerous if there's a stop, pause, whipping motion into the ground. Yeah. None of those qualified.
0: None of them. And and that's where it's... I would have thought, you know, when the sling tackle started to become an issue, and we're probably talking five, six years ago, it, they were obviously defined from a regulation tackle, weren't they? They were when a guy had the arms pinned and drove him into the turf. I remember the yeah. Braves one against Port Adelaide at the MCG. I don't know why I remember that one, but that was yeah, yeah. a... That was a good example. What I remember one 15 years ago. It was the first time I
1: thought this is super dangerous. Remember before then, we played on outdoor grounds that were generally soft and muddy. Yeah. So it wasn't dangerous to throw somebody into the soft mud. But Aaron Hamill did it to somebody on the wing at the at the
0: Colonial Stadium or whatever it then was, and he nearly killed them. My point here, though, is that I don't think any of these tackles tonight consisted of a guy pulling down a bloke no, so that he forcefully no. hit the ground.
1: Yeah, I think everybody, I think everybody knows that it got out of control tonight. Look, well, it's that... easy to sit back. It's easy to sit back and say that the umpires got that wrong, you know, in a series of umpiring calls. But you know, when you're out there and you're umpiring, to be fair, having done it. You 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 are in you are in a sort of a cocoon and you're making decisions, you're trying to keep consistent. So you sort of say, hang on, if we if if umpire A paid that one to Danaher, I'm obligated to pay this one now to player X, you know, and, and maybe it's easier to sit back and say none of them were, etc. And I'm sure they'll be counseled on that. But being fair to the umpires. At least you can say that no one team wasn't totally stymied or or hamstrung by these decisions. They went sort of to and fro, didn't
0: they? Yeah, they did. All right, let's let's move on. Um, David Haley says Richmond won't win the flag. Geelong are a danger after last night. I think pun intended. Danaher is overrated. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Dana has been averaging, I think, two goals per game. I mean, put it this way: if Brisbane are going to do anything in the finals, he's going to have to play well. They won't be able to do it without him playing well. Now they there is no hit put, absolutely not. So, I thought um, he was disappointing tonight, Ron. He needed yeah. to
1: present more. He needed to he needed to say, "Come, a, you know." Remember, there was times at Essendon he saw the moment and seized it. he's obviously not that player anymore, but he needed to work harder down the field. I thought he was really disappointing, and I cannot believe how terrible a game Oscar McInerney played. He started off okay, and then he just started wrestling with Nankervis. How many times? About three times in the ruck, he just grabbed him around the neck. You know, McInerney should have had a much bigger say in that game. I thought they were both uber disappointing
0: All right, we're going to play that game again finally where we just give sort of one word answers to a whole list of comments because they are banking up Craig uh, Aaron says get it over and done with rule of the week dangerous tackle how do we send the AFL or please explain it will certainly be a talking point Craig Gislingham how much a difference does Nank make to the hardness around the footy was fabulous uh, made chole tonight um, well, that's that's a good point, isn't it? That um, One word. Uh, flexibility. Child Thank plays forward because of Nankervis. Thank Nank. Okay, that's good. You can do that. You can play that game. Um, all right. Uh, Simon Fazio says, Brisbane really missed the barometer? <laughs> you can play him if you want. Was he dropped or is he injured? Yeah, he, he he's the same person as Lockie Neal. He only plays when Lockie... Pulls out. Uh, Trav again says, uh, "Is six goals a first? Your three hundred a record?" I think. Yeah. I wonder. wonder if anybody else gets six in their three hundred. I did very much doubt it. Well, how many? Well, not. Hang on. We've had some.
1: How many did Lockett? Did Lockett get to three hundred? No. No.
0: All right. Well, someone can look that up and let us know. Gordon Coventry, I think, played three hundred roughly. Anyhow. All right. Someone looked that up. Uh, yep. we'll, we'll get back to it. Uh, Trout again. We're, we're going to have a. It might be a six-comment limit for you, Trout. Rioli just getting better at halfback, and that Stack man going good is going well as well. Backline hanging in. Yeah, fair comment. Rioli, I thought was pretty good tonight. Stack is starting to improve. One word. Or two words. Go on. Also Mansell. All right. Good. I thought you- <sighs> We we might keep this format. I think it works well. Well, Um, You you say a lot and me saying little. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Matt Matt Campbell says, uh, finey, not good for the Saints tonight. Why not? Well, I think he means Richmond are now. St Kilda um, run their own
1: game. Don't worry about that. They've got to keep winning St Kilda. Essendon will
0: gallop past them and so will Richmond if St Kilda don't win five out of six. All right, uh, Digby Norton, Aaron's brother, says, great game, go Tigers, few things. Do you think is good in the back line? Yeah, I do. Yep. Uh, um, it's the... Oh, sorry, I can't do the two-word thing. Um, <laughs> uh, clean disposal. You got two words or you don't have to double up? More involvement. All right, Mark Jepp uh, says, Nank is a tackling machine. Yep. Yes. Uh all right, Evan B says without Nink, Tigers don't make the finals. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh Ignatius Jones. Can I ask you a question, Robin? Is he more important than Dustin Martin in that time? No, no. You can't. Okay. It's it's tempting to sort of get carried away with that, you know. It's it's a it's a cane cornsism, isn't it? You know. Uh, you know, uh, I think um I'm just trying to think of how they do it. Uh, Kane Corns and say, uh, I think Braden Ham is the most important player in that Essendon lineup. You know, like yeah, now Curvis is a really good player and he's important. He's not as important as Dusty Martin, but then okay. you know tonight's a tribute to Richmond being able to do it without Martin in the critical part of the game. Yep. Uh, Andrew Mox says Dusty did a sweeper role and started hitting forward. He um. I reckon I, I had him down for at least three goal assists. I might just. Yeah, he was big stats. in the third quarter. Yeah, I might just check the stats. Um, Anthony Wellham, who's obviously from South Australia, says the old Rick Davies, checkside small ruckman, hmm. jumbo, the jumbo prince, wasn't he? Jumbo, wasn't he wasn't the he? jumbo prince? Jumbo. Uh, Rich Davies. G'day, Rich. How are you? Uh, I know uh, they did well without him, but assuming Dusty's out for two to four weeks, who steps up to keep their momentum? Well, are we assuming the skipper is now no longer capable of stepping up, for him? Yeah, not like, no. No, he's... You, you reckon he, we we can never see cochin play as good a game as he played even last year? No, I don't think we can.
1: He's still in the team and he tackled hard and he was an on-ball, you know, he, he was a physical presence, but no. He, he, You know, when he started his career, Rowan, the, the slight knock on him was he didn't have that breakaway speed to, you know, be a, a, a sort of damaging midfielder. But as he grew into the role, he became so physical, powerful, uh, that his strength became an issue and... I think we're now back to that, as you get older, that sort of diminished strength as well, just to break clear. Um, So he throws it on the boot a bit, handballs a bit. But no, he's not going to be the one.
0: I don't know if we should assume Dusty's going to be out for two to four weeks either. I mean, look, if anyone hears a report, obviously we're doing this. You think it was ribs, do you? Update us. But it's possible to only miss one game with ribs. Depends. Was it ribs, for sure? Well, not for sure, but... Could be I a mean, hip flexor. It could be a hip flexor. What's a hip flexor worth? They are super painful, apparently. Yeah. I mean,
1: they yeah. can really... Look, he is so courageous. You saw him try to run it off. If he's, yeah. if he's, you know, grimacing
0: to walk an up a step... Uh... Yeah. Well, it's no point speculating, is no, no, it? No... Let's find out what it is. So, uh, Dr. Peter Larkins, if you are... Uh, uh tuning in, um, feel free to get in touch. Or if any no, if seriously, if anyone's heard an update, just let us know. Yeah. And Dion Prestia, look, the problem is they kept rushing Prestia back one or two weeks
1: too early, and he breaks down. So he's a bit of an issue all season. I thought Lambert was
0: good early. Maybe well, this he'll is, to answer the question: how do we how do we replace Martin? Three words. Uh Bolton, Lambert, Prestia. Yeah, and, and Prestia... Big question mark so at least bolton and lambert are locked away he look good lambert he'll be better for the run i'll tell you what who i think it was david We said richmond won't win the flag they um uh, our producer damon's putting his hand up uh ribs so uh, ribs are dusty he's off to hospital to uh, have scans Apparently, yep. John Ralph could reveal that on Fox Footy. I'm just taking the piss there because Ralph is so going you know to plead a sentence is, without saying that he's revealing something. You missed my dig. All right, there's a huge problem here, serious issue. What? I'm not
1: kidding. Okay, what? If you do have lung damage,
0: yeah, you with can't a fly. broken
1: rib, you can't fly.
0: Yeah. How's
1: what... you going to drive home when you can't go through New South Wales?
0: She's going to be a
1: long, bloody drive.
0: You can get exemptions. I mean, Geelong Geelong, Geelong needed an exemption when they arrived in Perth last night. Yeah, but through New South Wales? I guess you just put removalist on the side of your car. (laughs) Very good. Uh, All right, Harper, Pessinger, good friend of the show, says four points between 7th and 12th at the end of round 17. Haven't seen that since 1997. Gripping finals race. All right, let's let's qu- quick exercise. I want one answer, and it's the name of a team. Finny. Yep. Of, of the sides before the start of this round, right? You had Frio West Coast eighth, St Kilda ninth. I think Essendon tenth. Um. Oh God, who was eleventh? GWS was tenth. Oh, uh, sorry, GWS Essendon Richmond. Yep. Who is my mo- if? I think West... Uh, now, let's say there's two spots up for grabs. Who are your two bottom two finalists from that group? Two notes. I said Essendon, West Coast. Okay. I'm saying... I'm saying St Kilda and Richmond. <laughs> um, why why is that um, funny? Richmond's because it's three a-
1: different teams. That's four teams out of the six. It's funny. Um, what do you mean? That's funny what? that we went for two
0: completely different teams. I thought well, we would have had... Well, I think St Kilda's form's probably the best of that group right hard, now. Hard run. They've got to play Geelong at Geelong. Uh, that's true.
1: Sydney at Marvel. And Sydney played brilliantly at Marvel, not to mention West Coast in Perth in a game that... Have you heard what St Kilda has to do? Uh,
0: win some tough games.
1: Well, hey, it's straight after the Port game, they're flying to Perth and they've got to do what Collingwood did. They, they can't leave behind oh, tap- yeah, yeah.
0: six yeah. days. I know yeah. Collingwood
1: did it, but that's tough.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I wrote a column on uh, Tuesday about how, you know, this was a Victorian team's flag to lose because it was the non-Victorian teams that would have all the difficulty. And now it's all changed again. So, you know, who knows where that's going to end up. I mean, it's, we can't really second guess. All right, let's keep going. Um, So who are your two teams against, sorry? Uh, West Coast and Essendon. Yeah, okay. All right. I'd have Essendon third best because their draw is pretty handy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lindsay Blake um, has joined. Uh, And
1: by the way, that was before the round. This Richmond win, I would now say Essendon and Richmond.
0: Okay. Uh, Lindsay Blake says, You look nothing like I thought you would. Bald and about seventy-five years old. You look good, champ. Just don't <laughs> know about that, Lindsay. There's, there's, uh, that's just got backhanded compliment written all over it. Plus, you've champed him. Uh, I'm, uh, in the modern vernacular, champing is the equivalent to calling someone a the seaweed. I reckon. Like, I someone champs me on Twitter, I just go completely feral. Do you, no, no, don't. Do you, you don't mind being champed? No, not really.
1: Oh. Um, I don't like being... Um, you're not on social media. I am so. Just that I'm not on it in a combative manner as you are. I just put nice things and interesting things up there and let the wind blow. It's you know, it's you're or
0: before. it's for slagging people off. Is it? Yeah. Is
1: it really, Rowan? Is yeah, it, it is. really? It is. It is. Can't we make the world a nicer place? Well, apparently not. You put the twat in Twitter, and there isn't even a twat in Twitter. I'm not a twat. On Twitter... Stop using it to be angry. Be nice. There's a lot to be angry about. As Maxwell Smart said, it's nice to be nice to the nice.
0: Yeah, right. Well, you're not exactly Mr. Nice Guy yourself. All right, let's keep going. You know I had a greyhound
1: called Mr. Nice Guy once. It was named... I named it as a... Piss take of my own take on life. Oh, good. How did it go? It won, a, it won a staying race at Warrigal, and after it won, the trainer said, That's
0: probably the worst win I've ever been involved with. Sell it. So it's over. All right. Bo Kelly says, Has Jack Graham taken over Cochin's role? I was watching Cochin closely for most of the game. Uh, look, I'll be totally honest. I. I... <laughs> Does Cochin have a specific role that's any different to a Lambert or a, a Martin or Martin? Yes, but Lambert or a Bolton or I, I couldn't tell you that just from watching on TV. I imagine he's not required to spread as much as they do. Uh, you mentioned imagine actually. I, I just very quickly a great piece on. No, I saw. Old. I
1: read Francis Leitch. Well, let, me oh, tell you, on.
0: let me tell the audience, good piece yeah, on audiology right. today from Francis Leach. It is the 50th birthday <laughs> this year of John Lennon's Imagine. And uh, if you're looking for a tribute from Frank, <laughs> you're not going to get good. it because he paid out big time on it. He said it's the most overplayed and overrated <laughs> song in music history, uh, which is it's a big talk. Yeah, because it started a
1: discussion at my place today. Well, it's
0: a it's I was never a big fan, but it's a it's a funny piece. So check it out. Um, another really good music piece this week too by Ian Wilson, who in fact is a former VFA premiership player uh, about his trip to the Narara Music Festival in New South Wales in 1984 and his copious consumption of a certain green weedy substance (laughs) that that one's quite funny let's keep going i'm getting distracted um i've got i've got just when you've got a moment i've got two big black marks big crosses from tonight's game all right we'll get to them let's just let's just scroll through because we're really banking up here and i know i keep going on about it but the object of this show is to get to your questions uh Leroy Jones, look at Danaher's second effort so non-existent, no desperation whatsoever. Two words for him: Here, here. Okay. And that's H-E-A-R. I hate it when people write H-E-R-E. Robert Forbes, Joe Danaher couldn't stand in Jack Rewalt's shadow. He never imposes himself on a game. Glad he's gone. Good riddance. Uh Robert, obviously an excellent supporter. Uh James Terrell or Tyrrell tuning in from South Korea. Evening, lads. Um, evening James hope you've had some uh, beef bulgogi some kimchi I love Korean food do you like Korean food fine very much so I love the I, I love right. the um,
1: the side dishes not, yeah I look it's great you go to a Korean restaurant they're the best part and you can leave with that we have a full meal and not paid I've just, done look, that I've got to go I've got to go I've got to leave I've, I've just done that all the
0: pickles I, I, and, I've ordered strict. just ordered the side dishes and made that at dinner they're beautiful I love, the, um,
1: I love the rice bibimbap that, you know, it, it sticks to the bottom of the stone dish and it gets crispy. I love it.
0: I don't like the way the kimchi is, like, really hot, but it's so nourishing you just keep going back for
1: it. Why don't you make your own kimchi? My, my daughter loves pickled cabbage and stuff and attempted to make it. Yeah, Let's does. just say we buried something in the backyard of a previous house and I hope the new owners never have the misfortune of digging it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, David made dinner for us tonight. It was a momentous occasion. Neither of us are great cooks, but he uh, he made hamburgers. Admittedly, but they were pretty good. Good. All right, let's get on with it. Jack Dyer kicks six in his three hundredth. Says Wild Panda. Geez, I wouldn't wow. have tipped that. Um, our Craig Platt. Good day, Craig. Craig's uh, a very senior travel writer at The Age. And uh, one of the veterans of the place now. In fact, he's probably, the, he's probably the only one... In fact, Craig started as a cadet last century. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm not trying to stay your old Craig, but Craig's a, a dedicated Richmond fan. So good on you, Craig. Uh, let's keep going. It was the Jumbo Prince, Rick Davies. Austin Phillips says, Brisbane don't have enough league speed. Tigers made him look slow. Can I just say... Um, Quickly, the one thing Richmond got back tonight, which has been sadly lacking, was that frenetic moving forward of the ball at any cost and by any means. You know, the taps and the knock-ons. Yeah, the handball over the head, just keep it going, keep it going. So that's been conspicuously missing, hasn't it? Yeah. The the
1: thing that Richmond did, which has been done to them in recent weeks, is they had a play of that kick behind the ball. So when Brisbane were trying to get it out of the back line, down the wings... There was no. It was every time Richmond had the right players there, and again, Nankervis plays a big role in that. So did you were correct, Grimes and Asprey to a point. They had that stolen off them. Moving the ball usually is very hard against Richmond. They just lost that in the. Well, they lost it in the last quarter against Collingwood. I watched that again yesterday. Mm. What you know that was quite extraordinarily non-Richmond. So plenty to work on for Hardwick, and didn't the players respond
0: well? Uh, Stuart Broadbent says Caro would attract more viewers than us, Stuart. I I guess she would. What Um, do you mean Caro would attract more viewers? I don't know. If she was on, but she's not on.
1: I'm not even sure that she watched the game, mate. So why would you say rubbish like that? She won't be coming on. But Um, she's not on. She's not doing a podcast now. We're, We're the ones bothering to entertain and talk about the game and watch it in full. Give us some credit. We're not making a bullshit about what happened to Damien Hardwick pre-season and trying to squeeze that like a square peg in a round hole to fill her own dialogue, to make her own um, story, create her own um, narrative. You don't need to watch football to do that, mate. Uh, Piss off. Piss off. Go read a Caro article, you wanker.
0: Okay, he is joking, Stuart. Stuart's a dedicated uh, viewer of this show, and I think he just wanted to get a rise probably out of me, and he got one out of you. Uh, I'm disgusted with Caroline Wilson. Yeah, I know. Well, I gathered that, but save it for the podcast finding. Don't fire all your bullets now. Uh, Matthew Price reminds us that Dermy missed one week with broken ribs and then kicked 11 goals with an inflatable vest under his jumper. I do remember that. because about 1991. Mm Mm-hmm uh phrase uh says dusty hasn't been impacting like he does the rest might do him good i thought he started to tonight i thought that was getting back to um to the dusty we know and love uh jack asked what's the best book in your bookshelf Rocco? uh i'll tell you what it's nearly all non-fiction in fact i've just i I proofread a book for someone i won't tell you who because it's it's a really good read, but I really struggle to read fiction. I'm, I'm not sure why. It's sort of, I don't know, any time I read a book, and look, there's not, I don't read many books, and it's not because I don't like reading. I spend all day reading, but I think that's why it prevents me reading books. But um, uh, I've, got, I've got a whole pile of them here. I've got this one, which I'm going to read soon. It's about Melbourne's Last Flag in 1964. And uh, I've got this one I've got to read as well, about the, Fitzroy, the merger story with North Melbourne 1996. So a big variety in my reading, obviously. I don't um, trust bookshelves for the books. Well, mine's mostly full of DVDs, to be honest. But if you had yeah. a look there, 90% of it are sporting books. So I'll, I'll have a look and I'll get back to you. Because um, you, know, you know why I don't trust them?
1: Uh, why? Well, at IKEA, okay, the bookshelves are full of books. But they're all Swedish books and they're all the same book, generally. You know, they just buy millions of these rejected books from Sweden. And then I went to a place, you know, I mean, my wife's got family in New York and there's this great place in New York to take the kids. It's, it's a sort of a theme restaurant called um, Frankenstein's something or other. But all the books on the bookshelf there, they're the spines of the book,
0: but they're not actually the book. They're just the spines stuck against the wall. Oh, just for sure. It's yeah. like um, the line out of Beautiful People by Australian Crawl. The garden's full of furniture. The house is full of plants. <laughs> uh, it's a good line, that. Um, yeah. Wild Panda says, G'day from Singapore. G'day, Panda. That's
1: uh, ch- oh, chili crab for us.
0: All right. Now, before we go vaudeville, we've got, we've got some more stuff to get yes. through here. But James says uh, he actually did have bulgogi and kimchi and banchan, which is Korean for side dish. Well done, James. Mm-hmm. Um, Never order Washington. Woof woof. What's Washington? Okay. Well, clearly dog. Ooh. Chris Kenny would like that. Uh, Digby says, I wasn't sure, but the Channel 7 commentary didn't seem to be calling Sydney Stack's name at all tonight. Is that a coincidence? Not following that. Mm. Um, no, uh, you might have to explain that one, Digby. Sorry. Uh, Eddie Betts. Okay. Wasn't
1: kicks. there a great kick by Sydney Stack? That one uh, to, that one just into the top of the goal square that was marked by Shai
0: Bolton. Shay. Shay Bolton. Oh I yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was. Yeah, it yeah, no, was great good. Great kick in the third quarter. Eddie Betts kicked six in his three hundredth. Apparently, uh, Clinton Moore loves the Korean food chat. He's tuning in from Bangkok. And good day to Damon too. Says Clinton. Say so good day, Damon. Can you actually uh, come... Can you get on mic, Damon, or not? Oh, Damon's best mate just moved over to Thailand. Good G'day, Clinton. Uh, We've got half of Asia tuning in. Do you, right. like, do you like Thai food, Rowan? I do. I, I like all food. Like a, <laughs> there's no cuisine that I don't like. Favourite Thai dish? Um... Probably a toss-up between pad thai and Thai beef salad. hmm Okay. Is that all right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty pedestrian, but that's good. You go for it. <laughs> Get <stuck. laughs> uh, I like
0: that
1: song tum, the papaya salad. Uh,
0: Dimitri loves you finey, I think, for your outburst about Caro. Uh, Robert thought I was the feral one. <laughs> we're both capable of being We're both, uh We're both enigmas trapped in a riddle, trapped in a... something or other. A body too large. We cannot be categorised, Robert. I think it's fair to say both Finey and myself. I mean, we like to think we have some sort of intellect. I'm sorry if that makes us sound like wankers. But, you know, we know stuff. Uh, We don't have particular ears or graces. We're not complete bogans. Um, I'm probably more prone to boganish behaviour at times. Um, Anyway, uh, Rowan's you? political. I'm not political. Rowan's no.
1: very socially conscious. I, I do understand what's right. But, you know, I do have a social conscience, but Rowan is very active in that field. Um,
0: you are becoming more political, Fine. You don't even realise it, but you are. And and how osmosis. You, well, how can, maybe. Or, or maybe what's going on in the world, I mean. Uh, Anyway, no, we won't talk about politics because it'll upset Mm -hmm. someone. Um, I will say this. Daniel Andrews, I thought he said something excellent
1: this week. I'm not a huge Daniel Andrews fan.
0: Yeah.
1: I just want to say he said something really good. What? Um, He was talking about the fact that ScoMo, Scott Morrison, has decided that there would be a $600 payment to wage earners who were unable to work during lockdown... Yeah. but it only kicked in in seven days yeah. after seven days of lockdown. And Andrew is responding to a question from the media, I think, at a press conference, made it very clear. He said, I am not altering the length of our lockdown from five to seven days to accommodate the Prime Minister's minimum entry level. People are losing money from day one. It's on his conscience. He needs to dole the money out fairly. I'm not extending our lockdown one minute longer than it has to. It may be extended longer, but I'm not doing
0: it to qualify for what he thinks is fair, because it's not fair. And he said it really well. All right, good. That is the final political comment on this show. Um, All right, going to rip through some more. Uh, Adam now funny this is serious Adam says he's watching with his kids and he doesn't appreciate your swearing What swearing? I don't know I can't remember but clearly you swore at some stage I know what I said Caroline Wilson I won't say that again <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> uh, 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 by well, the way I do apologize and that's great that We've got a range of ages watching. I'm now conscious of it. I'm not taking that lightly. I'm not going to be glib. I apologise for that.
0: I won't swear. All right. Um, Dimitri Burundanis says, Danaher is so lazy as a Dons fan. I'm stoked we're, we're playing Harry over him. Harry Jones. Uh, Wild Panda likes the black pepper crab. Hmm. With a butter sauce, black pepper uh, butter. Okay, we're actually getting to the end of those questions. Send some more through, folks. Uh, Digby's got a few here. Um, seems to have been slandered by the media all year. I'm not sure who you're talking about, Digby, sorry. Hardwick. No, we didn't. It's about someone we were talking about. Um, wondering if they're not paying attention to him. I don't know. Seemed intentional. Oh, Sydney Stack. Yeah, actually, um, Mark Robinson, I, I, I don't watch AFL 360, but I did see a clip where Mark Robinson really cracked it, cracked it about the fact that, um, you know, the, our furniture removal friends are sort of getting off relatively lightly, well. in Sydney, stacked did three or four weeks in jail. Yeah, so, not specifically, though. I, I followed that whole thing. He called it a national
1: disgrace. Mm. That Sydney Stack was sent to jail when there was a party they
0: singled out WA.
1: Yeah, there was a party for well heeled, some well heeled um, buffoons had a party on a yacht somewhere and were fined $4,000 each. Well, that's
0: been happening, you know. I mean, it happened again. Yeah, the yacht that went to Queensland. What about, yeah. those, what about those two girls last year ended up on the front page of the Courier Mail and got dead yeah, threats for... Yeah, I mean, don't... Yeah, no, let's, let's not... We, we're getting... Let's not get political tonight. Um, Dan Fancher misses Stephen J. Peak. So do I. Well, give him a phone call, but he's not coming on this show. <laughs> he's very funny. You know why he's funny? No, I like I Stephen J. Peak,
1: but he's just yeah. not coming on this show. Yeah, well, we don't have anybody on the show but us. But you know why he's funny? Because uh, he's mad? Yeah, because he actually believes a lot of what he says. It's not, you know, some people put it on. I can't believe Kane Corns, for example, believes half the crap that he comes out with, but he's just being inflammatory for the sake of it. Yeah. But the great thing about Peaky is he truly believes it, which means you can have a, you know, a long, long attack on him and he just won't back down on some of the most outrageous stuff you've ever heard it's,
0: it's very funny All right, uh, Jack says Bombers missed a durable star in McLuggage selecting McGrath first yeah look I'm, I'm not that debate well first of all it doesn't have to be a debate because they're both really good players secondly you know it's a very inexact science you don't know how players are going to develop I would say the gap between McLuggage and McGrath isn't great you know McLuggage is probably a bit ahead, but mcgrath has been a pretty bloody good player for Essendon. McGraw was number one pick, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: that would have I, been a very courageous number one pick. McLuggage, I know he was rated, but
0: not yeah. number one. I'm trying to remember what pick he was in the five or six or something, wasn't he? Oh, someone will tell us. Um, I don't have it handy. Uh, Suds McDuff says, Who are the players a uh, pick, pick three, three. okay. Yeah. Um, Who are the players Finally has put an X through Um, Where at Suds You are talking about Brisbane or What was the question Well who are the players You've put an X through But we've got to find out Which club he's talking about So Suds can get back to us on that Uh, Dimitri says Has commentary on Channel 7 Ever been worse Uh, So hard to listen to Especially Friday nights Um, I'll tell you one thing I'm noticing Uh, Look I, I didn't it didn't rile me as much tonight as it has other weeks. I think Daisy's getting more... I think they're more conscious now of actually letting Daisy get a word in. Again, I thought her special comments were on point and interesting. And um, they've had this terrible thing where she'll make a comment and they don't sort of respond to it. And I think someone's had a word to them about that. because Yeah, seen yeah it. they worked it better. But she's good. Like, she's genuinely good. Like, she makes... What you need as a TV special comments person, uh, sorry, as a viewer, what you want from a special comments person is to see structurally and tactically what you can't see because you're watching it on TV. And too many of them, they either don't do that at all and just repeat what you can see, or they're trying to impress their mates by by putting it in this sort of filling it with jargon all the time. And I, I think she quite deliberately, doesn't do that. So, you know, good on her. And I think okay. that's what, that's why I rate Jason Dunstall too. I think he puts complex stuff in easy-to-understand language. Okay, I think a bit of a problem tonight
1: was, i got a feeling that they told Daisy to take a prominent role and Wayne Carey to take a bit of a backseat, which is fine. He wasn't there, was he? wasn't
0: it Luke Hodge.
1: Was King Luke, Hodge was at the, Luke Hodge was at the ground. yeah. The was others Carey. are back in... Kerry was pretty quiet, but he was there.
0: Wasn't he said stuff. Well, yeah. well, I'm backing up what you said because I can't yeah. remember a single thing he said. Yeah, he said a few things,
1: but I almost feel that they were directed accordingly. And that's not how you do it, you know, because I feel Daisy was saying a lot of things almost for the sake of saying it. You know, I there was one point where she sort of saying, um, oh, that, you know, the ball, the ball landed short of Harris Andrews there. He was really caught sort of, you know, not in in, in in the choice of going for the mark or going for the ball, leaving it to bow. Yeah, we saw that. It's a bit forced when they're, um, they're almost directed to amp it up or pull it back or whatever. Oh, I find that quite annoying and I felt that was the case tonight. And I agree they should be telling us things we can't see on TV, but how can they do it when they're calling it off the TV?
0: Uh, well, don't start me on that one. Uh, and that's, I'll tell you what, that's the way it's going to remain because they've discovered it's a very effective uh, cost-cutting measure. And, yeah, yeah, um, there's a suggestion that actually Channel 7
1: created COVID and spread COVID in a cost-cutting measure. But forget
0: the bats, it all, it all came out of Dorcas Street before they pulled it down. Well, there was some espionage done in the lab in Wuhan and they saw a Uh, A bulky, mustachioed figure emerging from the lab. Um, Barge. Yeah. Uh, Luke Hodge is off the light and easy, Robert Forbes says. (laughs) He's on the same diet as his old teammate Xavier Ellis. Oh, did you see? I saw um, last week. uh, Yeah, Xavier Ellis has porked up a bit. Um, uh, Was it Xavier Clark? Yeah, Xavier Clark's the assistant coach at Richmond. Yes. Have you seen his beard? Look, like he's got this huge beard. I'm sure that yeah, was he's him. great. Yeah,
1: he's
0: a beauty. <laughs> he's great, X. Yeah, Much um, more... I can't believe this. We spent the whole thing rushing through questions, and and uh, well, anyway, it's good timing because time has flown tonight, and we've got to do the tipping. Yep. So, uh, have you got? Um, by the way, everyone who watches this regularly, feel free to send in a um, uh, a device for doing our tips because. You know, fine, he's a... Damien, you sent me a picture of something and I've got no idea what it's about. Oh, 220. Is that what it was? Yeah, right. Okay. Numbers are good tonight. We've still got more than 100. Watch it go down now. Can I just...
1: Uh, I I said I've got two big black marks from tonight.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah, okay. Can you do them quickly? Yeah, or slowly, whichever you want. Ah, quick. Black mark
1: number one. Where are all the Brisbane supporters tonight? Gold Coast isn't that far from Brisbane. There weren't many at the ground. It was pointed out by Luke College. Eighty percent of them were Richmond supporters, which it certainly came through
0: on the effects Mike. Well, that's maybe, not good enough. No, but maybe. I mean, there was enormous traffic issues, wasn't there? There was a crash, I think, or something. But um, in, they, uh, on, up in Gold Coast, oh, somewhere on that motorway. I mean, there's only okay. one. There's only one road yeah, down there. Right. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that, why. It, didn't you know the game was delayed? Yeah. I didn't know why. Yeah, no, I, thought cool. more
1: code. I thought it was totally COVID-related, I didn't realise.
0: No. Uh, okay, um, what's your other one?
1: Okay, I, I have a pet hate in football. I saw it umpiring. I've seen it watching the game. I think the lawmakers don't do enough to stamp it out, and it's the most reckless thing and cowardly thing a footballer can do. The worst is when a player pushes another player into a pack that's going for a mark, that's just absolutely repugnant. It's also terrible to push a player who's about to pick up the ball into other players who are bent over to pick up the ball. And tonight, Jason Castagna simply pushed Mitch Robinson into, I I think it was maybe Shy Bolton, was another Richmond player. First Robinson... Shea Bolton, sorry. Um, uh, I'm not 100% sure who the Richmond player was, but first Mitch had to go off and get stitches. You know, he was bleeding. And then the Richmond player had to go off and get stitches. And that's just cowardly by Castagna and as dangerous to your teammate as it is to the opposition. You know, if you can't make the contest, don't push somebody off balance into oncoming players going for the ball. I
0: hate that and I'll always call it out. All right, we just did. Um, yep. It was that one where rework got pushed out in the marking contest too. They can be dangerous. But, but not pushed, but when you push them into players that don't expect it. well oh, yeah, boy, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, fair point. Yep. Uh, now Suds has got back to us. Uh, you mentioned two players from the game that you'd put an X through. No, the two my two black
1: my Two exes, not players, two things. I just said them. I also oh, said, okay. I, also, I also, I also, the two players that really disappointed me were
0: Danaher and, and McInerney. Uh, do you want me to talk about my two exes? Yeah, one of them's a bloody <laughs> s- psycho. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it is good. Do you, um, I think that was funny. Who am I talking about, people? Um, all right. Now, Wild Panda's got a great one. Um, played, We don't have to do with it, but Wild Panda no, suggests it's... we uh, do our tips via play, people players who played for two clubs but not remembered for one club as well as the other, tip the obscure club. Not a million miles from tonight's one, but tonight's a bit different. Well, uh, um, Damien, can you take a note of that one so we'll... Uh... Uh, Anyone else want to send through some tipping devices? Yeah, I mean, I like that. We'll do that next week. That's good. Go for it. All right. Uh, uh, Wild Panda knows who I'm talking about. Um, All right. Fonny, what's our device? So the problem with the device is that it's sort of the tip is a bit obvious in some of them
1: and it's, okay, so here's what we're doing. Right. The team you're tipping, you have to pick the lesser-known brother of two brothers who played for the club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in naming that brother, you're only to give the first name and the initial of the surname. (laughs) And the other person needs to work out what the surname is and who the famous brother was.
0: Yeah, all right. Okay. Let's go. All right. So um, next game on the agenda after a um, radically reworked schedule is St Kilda taking on Port Adelaide that game at Marvel Stadium. Oh, by the way, are we having crowds? I, I No. Oh, yeah, sure. You can only leave home for five reasons. Oh, yeah. And well, one of them isn't sorry. to watch St Kilda beat Port. Yeah, no, sorry. I forgot. Well, the situation's so bloody fluid. In fact, uh, we just missed just missed a hotspot because um, Chadston... Yeah, you've uh, got Chadston. Yeah, well, Chadston Wednesday, I think it was 5.30 to 6 and uh, we rolled up very briefly at 6.30 to get some takeaway from grilled, as a matter of fact. But, uh, <laughs> oh, now a, oh, grilled's good. Um, great hamburgers. But uh, there's now... Excuse 150- me? What? Andrew's hamburgers. Oh, they're not as good as Andrew's, but, you know, they're good. <laughs> okay. All right, no, thanks. That was an appropriate reminder. Um all right, so, yes, in Kilda Adelaide, 145, Marvel Stadium, no crowd present, of course. What what sort of comment is that on my life that, like, I forgot we're in lockdown because my life is exactly the same whether we're in lockdown or not? I don't see anyone. I don't go anywhere. Um, I just watched 2,000 games of football. Um, Jimmy Cavalier says, is weak and on the rise, putrid. No idea, Jimmy. What are you talking about? Oh, pushing players into other players, yeah. All right, so I presume you've got one funny, have you? Yeah, Mark G. Mark Gamble? No. Uh, Mark Gorazitis? No. <laughs> um, I already know who you're tipping. That's the problem. Um. yeah. Okay, well, if anyone wants to guess...
1: What yeah, you got to try is. and guess it. So, he's the lesser-known brother. Two brothers played at the club. He's lesser-known, and his name is Mark, and his surname begins with G. All
0: right, well, someone can guess that one. I'll, I'll do mine. Uh, I'm going for Robert E. Robert Elliott. Yeah. Uh, which means I am typically St Kilda. Kilda.
1: Yeah. If you were going for Port... Who would you have gone for? Uh,
0: uh, I
1: can't remember his first name. There was I mean, another Westhoff.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Um, I, I was going to go for Kay Corns because yeah. Chad Chad was the better one. Okay. Um, James Tyrrell says Mark Kellett. No, it was no, no. Mark, Mark G. G. She- G for G for gorizitis. No. Well, I can't think of any St Kilda players, G, apart from Gorozitis. How many were there? Oh, Leroy Jones got a good one. Daryl C. Daryl Cunningham. Yeah. There's Uh, also
1: Anthony H.
0: Hamill. No. Um, Oh, James Tyrrell says Mark Jelly. No, (laughs) the great Jelly didn't have a brother. Come on,
1: people should know this. This is too hard for me. Come no, on. it isn't. You really no. You know. You'll get the others. Anthony H is gettable. His brother's a current AFL coach, and he played for St Kilda. Um, oh, come on! No, Anthony H, <laughs> brother of a current AFL coach. He went. To, he after he played at St Kilda, Anthony did go to play many, many years at Port Adelaide in the Sand. How many at St Kilda games? Pun. Anthony's surname begins with H. Brother, current AFL coach.
0: Uh, this, this isn't working.
1: Um, Why not? Because your brain isn't. Current AFL coach, played for St Kilda. Surname begins with H. Hardwicket? No. A fairly famous St Kilda footballer. Ditrich? <laughs> begins with H. Current AFL coach.
0: I'm going through them alphabetically now. <laughs> oh, Anthony Harvey. Correct. Jesus. Yeah, no, I was slow on that one. Uh, yeah, he and, played at, and, and he played at Norwood, not Port. You sure? Yeah. Did he?
1: Okay, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, and Mark G's brother, I'll give you a clue, was a multiple premiership player. Not at St Kilda. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's funny. Um,
1: Mark wore number six and was much bigger bodied than his brother. And only played four or five games, three or four games. So, so,
0: so whoever the brother is played at St Kilda and then went somewhere else and played him more than one premiership? Yep. Oh, Mark Green. Correct. No, no memory of him at all, but I just Yeah, number out six.
1: Big, sturdy, bulky guy.
0: Worked out you meant um, Russell. Yeah. The only man ever to cramp on a football panel show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Ross, his
0: son was the fittest player of all time. Ross uh, Stephen Green, yeah. uh, and Angie Green, his daughter, does some terrific uh, welfare work in the gay community. Uh, in the where? In the gay community, oh, Angie okay. Green. Yeah, she's yep. uh, She does a lot of um, stuff. Right. Uh, uh, Ross Dahlstrom says, "What did you think of Parker's game, finding? Oh, I like Matthew Parker so much.
1: Started well.
0: Um, uh, I thought I thought he was good."
1: Lively, He's such a good bloke, Matthew Parker. I, I hope he stays there and, and finds a spot. I really do. Not going to get
0: it going because he's a good bloke.
1: No, nah, His problem is that he's just, he's sort of in between things. He's in between. Well, he's, got a, he's,
0: he's got a bit of Portland. a Pickets one pickets about him.
1: In, but yeah, and he's got that background as well too. He's had a, a rough past and salvation through footy.
0: Good lad. Good lad. Alright, let's get on with it. Um yep. Gold Coast play Western Bulldogs at Metricon Stadium. That game, 4.35. That remains unchanged. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go first this time. And, oh, God, it was coming to me. Um, I can Did it see just leave him. you? No, no, I can see. Him. Hang on. Um, uh, Brian F. Oh, that's a good one. Brian F. Um, I hope I haven't made him up. I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> I've got a. There's no now. Brian Ford. Yeah. There isn't? No, you think of Brian Cordy. Oh, well, you just got my other one. Okay. Um, no, no, I've got another one. John R. Okay. That's a good one. John R. Reed. John Reid. Yep. You're going for the Bulldogs. Brother of? Uh, Bruce Reed. Yep, who went on to play for Carlton, of course, and John Reid, uh, oh, South Melbourne. Yeah,
1: but I know if they're related. Yeah, I know that. that no, they're brothers, weren't is- they? Yeah, maybe. I'm going for Paul A. Atkins.
0: Well done. See, not so huh? Um i have gone for the doggies. Harper has gone for AC. Excellent. See, Ace Cody. That's a beauty. And uh, Matthew Price has gone for Kelvin M. Kelvin that's, M. That's the next game, Matthew. Wait until we read it out, with you?
1: Oh, Kelvin Matthews. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, were, I game. would have gone with that. All right. So we're both going for the Bulldogs. Next game, Melbourne Hawthorne at the MCG. At oh, this 7, is interesting. 7.25 p.m. Okay. I'm going for Tom F. Tom Flower. Yeah, that was easy. I knew you. that was a real chance. I'm going for
1: Mark A. Oh.
0: Been good to me, Marks. Mark A. Yep. Can you give me an era? 70s. Brother was a champion. Mark Alves. Correct. Never heard well, of
1: well done. You. <laughs> Never heard of him. No, he played for Melbourne, Mark
0: Alves. All right, so we're both going for Melbourne. Some other suggestions coming through. So Matthew Price went Kelvin M., Robert Rice has gone JV. Uh, A couple of Tom F's. Jeff A, says Matthew. Jeff A. um, Tablet. Yep. Could have been Kevin A. Kevin A, yep. Uh, Oscar M. Oscar McDonald. Yeah, that's a particularly good suggestion from someone well-known to this program. You're not going to say Who? The guy sitting above me in the frame. Taming <laughs> yeah. Yeah. can't help himself. It's like he gets bored, so he starts playing the game as well. Better than <laughs> fucking... <God>. Oh, Robin! <gasps> how about that father? No, no one, that. no one heard that. No one heard Hang on, how about the dad with
1: the kids watching?
0: Oh, God, sorry. I'm really sorry. Oh, I, you, that is the first time I've ever inadvertently sworn on here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was so natural. And all because,
0: all because I was going to say better than Super Cage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was hoping there was no one still watching, but we've still got over 100 viewers. Damn. All right. I can see that one ending up as a meme. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Tim Hooper has gone for Alan J. No, they've got to play for the same, same club, team. Tim. Yep. Get to the program, Tim. Uh, Leroy's gone for Brian S. Brian Steins. Very good. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. Excellent. Um, Matthew's shocked and offended. It's never watching again. Um, <laughs> all right. So, we're about to Melvin. Let's move on with it before I disgrace myself again. Yeah. Um, Essendon, uh, North Melbourne taking on Essendon at Metricon Stadium. 12.35, that game. What are yeah. they doing with their start times on Sunday? Uh, Rightio, I am going for Larry W. Larry Watson. Yeah. I'd love to get one that you
1: don't know. I'm going for Barry B.
0: Bazanko. Oh, bastard. But I thought it was I was get. I remember him. I mean, his
1: brother was mainly St Kilda player,
0: Neil Bazanko. But Neil played some decent footy for us. And Barry struggled to get a game. You know the thing about Barry? Like, he he was really, really quick. Yeah. But he was too quick. One day at Collingwood, he took off around the wing with the ball and he he left the ball behind him. He had to (laughs) come back and go and get it. (laughs) (laughs) He he went to bounce it and it sort of bounced over his shoulder and he turned around and ran back and picked it up. I mean, Neil Pasencon's
1: nickname was the racehorse. He was a shocking kick of the footy. Neil yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was nicknamed the racehorse. Um, holds a special pride of place in my heart because I've got a huge collection of St Kilda football cards, and he's the player who's played most games that have had a card in any format um, for St Kilda. So there's no Neil Pasencon card, which is a pity. Um, his uncle. They're also big in cycling, the Basankos, and his uncle
0: is still a racehorse trainer. Oh, really? It yes. always sounded to me like he should have been like um, an American sort of crooner or something, like Neil Sedaka. Neil Basanko. <laughs> it's a great name, Basenko, Basanko, you Hey, By the way, that, that reminds me... Um, I don't know why they've done it now. Maybe because of, uh, and com- um, condolences, of course, to the Silvani yes, family yes. on the passing of the Great Surge. But this, i tell you what I saw. I, I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, Bruce Duhl, the man who never speaks, uh, has basically, it's the only long-form interview he's ever done. He did it with Tony Balfo, Carlton historian, well-known to us, and... Yep. Um, he did it back in 2012, and I'm not sure why I need to ask him, but I don't think they've ever released it. And so they've released it now, and I, he, there's a link on Twitter, I think, that Beast has put out, and I clicked on it and had a look at the interview, and I just sort of zipped through a few. And there's Bruce Dahl talking really articulately about his teammates and David Parkin and it's amazing. It's like, um, it's like watching Marcel Marceau talk, you know? Yeah. It's, like, oh, it's famous, that interview. At one point, Tony DeBolfo goes, for God's sake,
1: Bruce, shut up. Let me get a word. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect choice to interview him. Um, all right. So we're both going for Essendon to beat North Melbourne. Yeah. Next game is uh, it's the no matter where they are on the ladder cup, finding, except this time it does matter because they both suck. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are talking, of course, about Collingwood-Carlton, the big clash of 15th versus 13th. Yep. And that is at the... Um... Hey, Damien, can you just subtly tell me how many people are still watching? Because my numbers have been exactly the same. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I thought we had twice that many. So no one heard me drop the magic. Um, Colling... Oh, do we? And... I, I drove half of them away. Collingwood-Carlton, uh, 320. Sunday afternoon, yep. Uh, okay, might. Uh, no, it's your turn to go first, Scott S. Uh, Scott Spalding. Oh, see, that's a good um, get. Well, not really. No, no, he played one game or two games. Oh, didn't he? did he? You could have, he didn't played. play many, he was more okay. cricket, wasn't he, Scott? We, uh, we've got some more suggestions coming through on this one. Uh, Anthony Williams gone the obvious one, D- uh, David K. Canadian, yeah. Uh, what about um, what's John Nichols' brother called? Don, yeah, D Nichols, uh, Don N. Sorry, your stuff, yeah, up. yeah, that would have been good. Um, all right, well, I'm my I am going for I to come up with a good one. See, you like this one, this has gone well, uh, it's growing on me. Um I don't even know who you're tipping in this, so it's a bit of a tricky one for me to... Yeah, well, that's I, what I, want to, I want to make it good. Uh, okay. Yeah, Damon's got a good one for this. Yeah. Um, uh, Matthew Price, just while we're waiting, finally you, you can answer this one. Matthew Price wants to know what our verdict is on coriander, yay or nay? No? I love coriander. In oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I, not only do I love it, I remember the first time I ever had it. it was of the first time time I had Well,
1: it was the first time I had Vietnamese in Melbourne. Yeah, And it was the first Vietnamese restaurant almost. And it was up, you had to go up some stairs in a, in a oh, arcade so in the city. To- oh, not in Richmond. Wasn't no, it- no, no, it was in the city. Richmond okay. was n- long way off being Vietnamese. It was actually next to a Gopal restaurant, the Hare Krishna restaurant. And I had a bowl of their noodle and beef soup, the fur, and it had coriander in it. And I'd never tasted it before and I loved it. And I've loved it ever since. You know, the, it, it, it's as
0: good as cilantro and coriander. No, I'm not playing that game where I now go, what's cilantro? I'm going to pretend I know what it is. It's what they call coriander in America and Mexico. Very good. Um, of course, because of that, I wasn't able to think of anyone. i better hurry up. What uh, was Daniel's? uh Asaki O.
1: Asaki Og. O, Asaki O'Halpin. Correct. But the third brother never played Og.
0: Og O'Halpin. Yeah. Og O'Halpin. The, the big double
1: O. I don't think you pronounce it Og, do you? I told you there's only two players in the history of the game to have the initials O O, and they both played for St Kilda. Yeah, you did tell us that. Ozzie O'Connell and Otto O'Pelt. I
0: um, oh, come not Look, at this stage, I'm going to have to just go Max R. Max sure. R. Max yeah. Richardson? Yeah, sure. pretty good to be a lesser brother. Well, he, well, Wayne was a better player, wasn't he? How about Neville S? Neville Shaw? Yeah. Yeah, could have gone with that. Yeah. Uh, or, Not um, Neville Shoot. In fact, he could have gone with Ray S because I think as good as Ray was, Tony. Yeah. Ended up being the more accomplished player. He's unfollowed me on Twitter, surely Why? Uh, I think politics. <laughs> 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 Do you know Paul DiMantino has announced his uh, he's intention running for part, to, yeah. to run for the Liberal Party? Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Because <laughs> he's up against Martin Foley and Albert Park, if he runs. Um, Stephen Glascott, says Hayden Murdoch. No, no, he's thinking of
1: Stuart Glascott and he played for the Brisbane Lions, uh, Brisbane Bears. And he was David's
0: brother, was he? Yeah, yeah. He was one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. Speaking about raving Tories, David Glascott is from memory. Yeah, he, he played with Peter I'm
1: Wershold, Wurthfold's brother.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 See, if we were tipping Brisbane tonight, could have gone with that. Oh, no, because that's... No, they didn't play together. All right, next game. Uh, oh, I knew I did it again. Uh, Brett V, Adelaide playing West Coast, uh, four forty pm on Sunday at Adelaide Oval. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've got it. Uh, see, I, I I don't like to, you know, like I, I want to make it. I want to keep it moving. I'm going for Wally M. Wally Matera. Yep. All
1: right, I'm going for
0: Philip M. <laughs> Philip Matera. Yeah. They are all brothers, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Wally was... Yeah, they were brothers. Oh, you, know what, you know what Pip used
1: to do every time he got a goal? Pip, Phil Philip. Matera? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. When he kicked a goal, remember what he
0: used to do? No. Oh, did he? He always did the... Not a bad player for the After lesser. he kicked it,
1: after a little, little bit of goal on <sighs>
0: Rex Hunt did that at Morabin one day, playing for the Saints. Well, he
1: actually stood where the goal umpire was.
0: Yeah. Um, Harper's gone for Jessica A. Is that a joke, Harper?
1: No, No, maybe there's brothers. So I had a look at the upcoming AFLW
0: draft. No, no, no. We haven't finished this one. Well, there's another game. Yes.
1: After West Coast Adelaide.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Where's that? (laughs) Well, it's an eighteen-team competition. You see, there's nine games a week. It is uh, at six ten pm on Sundays, GWS playing Sydney. That's been moved. That's been that's been moved. That's been that's been moved from. I think that was Saturday. Oh, who cares? Unfortunately, University against Fitzroy has had to be postponed. Um, So, GWS are playing Sydney at Metricon Stadium at 6.10pm on Sunday. Uh, So, I am going for... Oh, there's a few choices here, isn't there? Um, Yeah, I'm going to go for Paul M. Paul Morwood? Correct.
1: I'm going for Michael W.
0: Uh, uh. I was going to say Wayne and Dennis Carroll, but they were they were They're cousins. Not were yeah. they cousins? Though? Yeah, I think so. Uh, sorry, who is that again? Michael W. Witzel. No, that's Mark Witzel. Oh, yeah. Do you have a brother? <laughs> no, I don't know that. Michael W. So I could have gone for a couple of cues, but that would have been a bit obvious. So, hang hand you're going with Michael W. Yeah.
1: I had a famous incident with this player
0: on What's the ground
1: you? before a practice match. Um, oh, Michael Wright. Correct. So, yeah. South Melbourne were playing St Kilda and Morabin. Yeah. Now, Michael Wright, six foot three, black curly hair, brother of Stevie Wright, five foot seven, red hair. Yeah. And, you know, you used to be allowed on the ground, you have a kick after whatever. This is going to have
0: something to do with parentage, isn't it?
1: Correct. And as I yeah. ran on the ground, I ran up to Michael Wright and I said, Don't you think it's about time you told little Stevie that you've got a different father? And he had a swing at me. Oh, we? As they ran on the ground, I ran up to him. I was having a kick, you know, we had a kick at Moorabbin. It was a practice match. And I ran right up to him. And he, first of all, he, he sort of backpedaled, like, why are you running towards me? I said, Dan, you think it's about time you told little Stevie you've got different dads. How old is it? 14 or something, 13 or 14. I remember he said smart, or,
0: I won't say what he said. And, he, and he, he didn't find it funny at all. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I wonder why. Um, All right, we're we're done. So Harper was talking about Jessica and Sarah Allen. Uh, Actually, Jess might have been cut. He says, uh, Michael Wright, the Danaher's, of course, Brandon Jack. Uh, Yeah, good. good How about Ricky Lachlan? I play
1: Gravelade, maybe.
0: Yeah. Um, Brandon Jack, good friend of the show. Matthew says, thanks again. Another great episode. Genuine and authentic. Proud to be a Patreon subscriber. This is what footy media should be. Thanks, Matthew. Um, and I always forget until right now when no one's watching that if you're not, if you are enjoying this show and uh, you think it's worth you know, putting your hand in your kick and putting in a little bit each year, each month, um, you can become an official Footyology patron for $7 Australian a month. Um, Damon's just put the link up there. And, uh, look, it's, it's, we're not trying to make a killing. We're just trying to keep the operation going. Um, our, or Steve, uh, feed our starving children, as the tag on the podcast says. Uh, oh, Rich. Rich Davies signing up now. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate hey, it. Rowan, before we go... Hang on. Can you Say g'day to Jane question? for me, Rich. Yeah, thanks. Um, can you answer me a question or Damon answer me? Because it's annoying me. Okay, probably best if I do, seeing no one else will hear Damon say it.
1: What was the name of Ricky Quaid's brother? And or Did he have two brothers who played league footy?
0: Uh, I don't remember a brother of Ricky Quaid. At
1: least one, maybe two. All right.
0: Uh, definitely not Dennis Quaid. He was an actor. I was going to say Dennis. Something says like Tom Quaid or something, but... Well, Damon's going to look it up now while I keep going with the very important plug. Yeah. Um, so seriously, we uh, we rely on the Patreon income to pay people to write. Um, so your uh, your subscription, uh, seven dollars Australian per month, would be much appreciated. Seriously, I yeah, really we- mean that. So get on board. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, is it Tom Tom
1: Quaid and my two brothers?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, all brothers. <laughs> Uh, Ricky had two brothers, Rowan, yep. Tom Quaid, so I was right, and Mick Quaid, Michael Quaid.
0: And Eric Ellis, uh, a good another good friend of the show and a former Sun News Pictorial colleague of mine came through with Tom. G'day, Eric. Yep. And uh, by the way, you just reminded me, sorry, this is a bit indulgent, but um, if I didn't respond to your last email, I meant to say yes, I would love that piece uh, if you want to write it, whenever you write it, because... Eric um, is a foreign correspondent, has been for many years and has worked in a variety of exotic locations. And uh, indeed, uh, one of those um, uh, sojourn he completed during one of those overseas expeditions was to nowhere else but North Korea. <gasps> I'd love to I'd meet somebody who's been to North Korea. Well, wow, he's got a great story about that, which uh, actually is quite a famous story. Uh, sorted. Great. Thanks, mate. Save me doing the email. Um, all right. We're going to wrap it up there. Thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, hope that's quickly, team... Rowan. Yes. What was unusual about... You know Tom Hawkins' dad jumping Jack Hawkins? Yeah, the one that um, BT said kick six goals tonight. Yeah, that's right. He had two brothers who played league football. Uh, yeah, I do remember one of them. One uh, of them was Rob
1: Hawkins. What was unusual about Rob Hawkins? Uh... Don't I don't know why. He spelled his name R-O-double-B. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Rob. Yep. And who was the other one? No, I'm not sure. Um, but I think one of the brothers, either Rob or the other brother, made his debut that famous day that Williams, Mark Jackson, Ablett all debuted for Geelong. 84. Round one, yeah. A Hawkins did. One of the brothers made his debut because there was a famous article in the advertiser, this is 100% true, saying that Geelong are unveiling five new players today, the most exciting of which is Jack Hawkins' younger brother. Really? Not counting for Williams, Gary Ablett, (laughs) or Gary Ablett. Who's the
0: third one? Well, Mark Jackson also made his debut. but it was. Yeah, Jack was that day as well. But
1: it was really funny that. The article said, you know, five new players expected to line up and the headline act is this guy Hawkins who played two or three games.
0: Well, eight games later, Gary Abbott was playing for Victoria. That's <laughs> funny. And kicked, I think, kicked five or six in a win in Perth. Yep. I yep. remember that, actually. I remember that state game and I was actually speaking about the Sun. I was in the Sun office because it was a Tuesday afternoon and we're watching it on the TV. And literally half the people watching, like sports journos and whatever, are standing there going, who's this bloke? He's bloody unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen Gary Abbott. Anyway, enough. We've been on way too long. Thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, podcast will be back Sunday evening to review all of Round 18. And we'll be back here next Friday night when the big game is, at this stage, hmm. <laughs> it's um, Port Adelaide versus Collingwood. Can I say one last thing? What would happen if I said no? No, it's just about uh, Hawkins uh,
1: about Ablett because it's a funny story. I'd just because start
0: all the sign off, like is there a vague possibility we can sort of get that done, and then I sign off like any normal program? Or no? Well, you you swore, so this program ain't normal.
1: Right. Um, so. Quite interestingly, I pointed out to Kevin Bartlett, I said to Kevin Bartlett, um, how many times did you play against Gary Ablett? And he said, no, 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 I was finished by the time Gary Ablett started. And I said, not true, mate. You did play against him once, and I've seen the footage. He didn't realise he played against him in a Richmond Hawthorne game.
0: At Princess Park and Gary kicked three, I think. Yeah, he he didn't. know. (laughs) I had to tell him that he played against him. We did play 400 games. Like, (laughs) you can't remember them all in due to detail. Oh, it's pretty good. That is a good story. Oh, Dion. uh, Dion Stannard has signed up. Thanks, mate. Uh, Thank you very much. Really, no. And I'm not being facetious here. Like, we really do appreciate it. And um, look, put other people onto the site. Tell them about the website. Tell tell them about the podcast. Uh, It all helps. Yep, something else finding. Yep, go on. Can I ask you for a favour? Read the website. Yeah, you couldn't do it like off here.
1: No, because okay.
0: then I'm uh, people.
1: I'd like people to have a look at it. Um, a couple of my articles are behind paywalls,
0: and I think they're the only ones that are. Okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take them. In yeah. fact, send me a text now. Yep. I while I sign off, and I'll do it straight away. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, All right, I no, will do somebody, that. Somebody was interested in my movie. 50 movies and couldn't read them all. Well, you could have said to them, if you cough up seven bucks, you you can. Okay. <laughs> like, it didn't occur to you. That was my son. I'll, I'll pay for him. Yeah, That's well, he can bloody cough. No, no, I'll take him up behind the paywall. All right. Um, but, look, that will be a last result. If we can't get enough money to sustain it, things will have to go behind the paywall. But, you know, if we get enough people prepared to acknowledge some decent quality stuff and kick in we won't have to do that so hopefully that's what we can do. Anyway, we're done here have a good weekend everyone and uh, we'll see you next Friday night